0: Hello everyone and welcome to MLS Assist, a podcast created to give insight into Major League Soccer's on-field action. My name is Joe Lowry and today I'm joined by the one, the only, it's Jordan Angeli. Jordan, how's it going?
1: I'm good. How are you doing, Joe?
0: I am excellent, Jordan. It is good to be back. It's been a bit more sporadic than I think either one of us would have liked this season, but we are back this week talking about a big game, and a game that has been big pretty much ever since it started in Major League Soccer. You already know it if you clicked on this episode. It's El Trafico. It happened on Sunday evening. The LA Galaxy drew 1-1 with LAFC. Jordan, the way this game started, I thought it was going to be another one of those just bonkers El Traficos, and it, it didn't necessarily turn out to be as crazy as the first 20 minutes would have led us to believe, but still fun nonetheless, right?
1: It was really fun. And I think one of the things that happens in this game, and Taylor Twelman mentioned it, is both teams go forward with so many numbers. So, what tends to happen is one team gets a chance, and then right after that chance, it's almost as if within the next two or three minutes, that the opposing team gets another chance because they get the the opponent and they stretched out like oh my gosh we should have scored position <laughs> and there was a couple i mean there was two that went off the post back to back too um that could have been that same thing where we see this game being 2 to 2 or uh 3 to 3 because there were there were moments where the each team broke each other down
0: yeah it was end to end at times there were some really beautiful sequences here there were some mistakes as well we'll talk about all of those things Jordan, this was an El Trafico where both teams really could have used a result. The Galaxy, maybe more mm. for mentality and confidence reasons, LAFC, more for the fact that they're fighting for their season right now. The Galaxy were winless in their last eight games headed into this one. They lost their last three. LAFC had lost their last three games as well. They had some wins before those previous three games. But the fact that this ends with a tie, I don't think either team played especially poorly. Neither team necessarily dominated the other, although I think the Galaxy had some really beautiful sequences that we can mention later on. Jordan, let's start diving into each of these two teams. Let's start with the Galaxy. Be-
1: before we go there really yeah. quick, Joe, I, I think that this is going to be the most interesting end of a season that we see because both conferences are playing each other and basically stealing points from one another, <laughs> especially those teams who are right at the edge of playoffs. So I'm, I'm curious from your point of view, do you feel like there is going to be a lot of movement in this last month or do you feel like the teams that are kind of in those positions right now are going to stay in those positions and continue to gain points because it could really go one of two ways, and I feel like it is going to be wild. Yeah,
0: it, it is going to be wild. And I wrote a piece last week for MLSsoccer.com about the Eastern Conference playoff race, which was so, so, so packed, right? in the West is very similar. Mm-hmm. And I do think, based off of where the standings are right now, weirdly, that most of the best teams are in the playoff field. And there, there still will yeah. be reshuffling. There's still a handful of games left. Got to get to that 34-game season. But I think... A lot of it, based off of how teams have played this season, is where it should be. Now, that's not to say that we won't see reshuffling, right? The Galaxy right now are down all the way to 6th. Minnesota United at 7th in the West. Vancouver's been playing well. They're sitting in 8th right now. They're on 37 points, just one point outside of that playoff field behind Minnesota United. They could leapfrog, right? Ryan Gould's playing mm-hmm. well for them. Brian White's playing well for them. They're, on, they're in a little bit of that new coach bounce right now in Vancouver. Right. So they could leap in. LAFC, I think it would be foolish to discount them, right? There's other teams in the yeah. East as well that could break into that field. It, it could be wild, Jordan.
1: And I just think about that, and especially with what happened with New York City and Tinnerholm, we we don't know the extent of what happened with him, but this is a team who's not really performing that well, and a month ago, I would have told you this is one of the best teams in Major League Soccer, the way they play with such fluidity, and now they're sitting at six, and they're in that real... Forty. There's three teams with 40 points. Yeah. Um. A couple of teams just at the point above them, a point below them. So it, it it's gonna be a wa- lot. It'll be fun to watch. And you know how they do that MLS tracker with yeah. like how teams do with points all year. I think they should just do that for like those teams kind of mid table for the playoff run because I feel like they're gonna go up and down. And up and
0: down. <laughs> Jordan, I I completely agree. We need to see that the one the one thing that kind of cheapens this whole playoff discussion for me is just how many teams make it in right because it is so exciting it's so exciting to have this playoff push that's one of the best things that it's one of the things i enjoy most about american sports right we're seeing it or we just saw it over the weekend with major league baseball and it happens in every american sport typically from season to season that's not something that happens in soccer in many places around the world it happens some sure but not everywhere i just i just get kind of bummed out because this year i feel like there are a lot of quality teams but not everyone who makes the playoffs is really going to be all that good. Right, and, and that so, always bums me out, yeah. Jordan.
1: How how many teams then do you think should make the playoffs?
0: It, it's hard because the league is expanding, right? It's going to be what twenty eight next year, twenty seven right now. I, I feel like, and I know the NBA does more than half, and so they are kind of the model for American sports in a lot of ways. They do eight out of fifteen from each conference, but I would like to see five or six from each conference. And I'd like to see that stick, right? I'm afraid that MLS Mm -hmm. is going to keep expanding and expanding. We had 10 teams make the playoffs last year because of all the craziness that happened during that season. I'm afraid that Major League Soccer is going to look at that and say, that's actually where we want to be. We want to have a ton of teams in the playoffs. And for me, that just rewards a lot of mediocrity at times. And that's not true for Mm -hmm. every team that sneaks in at the bottom. Some teams are in good form, but I don't know. It takes a little bit of that joy away from me, from a thing that I think should be just really, really fun.
1: Okay, last thing as I got us on a really big <laughs> tangent. But it also puts in play momentum. Yeah, true. Teams playing with momentum and confidence. Gosh, if we've seen confidence just to play a role in MLS, it's this year, right? And teams just really latching onto that. Chicharito at the beginning of the year playing confident and them in the Galaxy playing really well to, to now where it looks a little... Iffy at times, it is like it brings in momentum and confidence. And so that's trying to get me back to LA Galaxy and transition us back to this game.
0: Jordan, that was beautiful. Well played. Um, so I'm going to walk <laughs> us through the LA Galaxy's lineup here under Greg Vaney. Okay. Fluid, right? So take everything I say in terms of shape with a grain of salt because it did mm-hmm. change throughout the game. I'm going to call it a 4-2-3-1 on paper, at least. Uh, you had the back four, you got Jonathan Bond in goal, and then you got the double pivot of Jonathan Dos Santos and Revelson in midfield. Then you have got Victor Vasquez as that 10, but he floats everywhere. Efra Alvarez on the right wing, Grancier on the left wing, and Chicharito up top. Jordan, I was really impressed with a lot of the sequences that the Galaxy pulled off in this game with some of that fluidity, really dropping Vasquez and and maybe pushing Jonah Dos Santos up at times to have them as eights with Revelson as that six behind them. Then Vasquez would also drift to the left. Efra would tuck inside. A lot of very natural rotations that then allowed them to stack numbers between the lines, play through LAFC and create not as many high quality goal scoring chances as they would have liked. Um, but still, some wonderful bits of possession play that I think are exactly what Greg Vanny wants this team to be doing.
1: And I think that one of the players that, especially in the first half, maybe not so much um, throughout the whole game, was just Grand Seer and how he, you talked fluidity, and yeah, Vasquez and Chicharito, you could tell how, Comfortable, Those two were playing off each other. And at times, Vasquez was just off the shoulder of Chicharito, and it created this weird overload centrally for those three center backs of LA Galaxy. But it was Crancier in his ability to come across the whole entire line, which I think is really... Such a unique run is using that internal run in that space or even a little slip ball through the seams of the three center backs, which is dangerous. And I really liked his running attacking wise. You know, I think he struggled defensively, but I I think that he gave a a different look to them than Alvarez did on the other side.
0: Well, and there's a reason why we see winger pairings like this, right? Efra Alvarez Mm -hmm. and and Granci or, or Cabral even for the Galaxy. I think back to the crew at times in the past. They've had Luis Diaz on one side and Pedro Santos on the other side or Kevin Molino on the other. I mean, it's it's the idea of having one winger who can tuck in and another player to provide verticality and, and to break the back line and getting behind to then take advantage of the space that's created by stacking a bunch of other players between the lines. It could it could come in the form of a fullback making those runs or a, you know, a 10 making those runs. It doesn't matter necessarily who position-wise is doing that, but the idea of balance in possession I think is important, and it it really worked for the Galaxy in this game, specifically on that goal. We'll talk about that goal Mm -hmm. in just a minute. Let's flip over to LAFC quickly. Jordan, how did they line up? What did you see from them? Break it down for us.
1: Yeah, LAFC playing in, and they've gone back and forth this season, but playing in a 3-5-2, I think it was really, it looked more like a 3-4-1-2 a lot of the times. Um, and the, the player that that really f- was moving on was Cia Fuentes, who's that central attacking, like, um, attacking mid player for them in, in the middle. And, I think there's benefits to this system, especially when you have a player like Latif Blessing because he is good defensively, but he can get forward. Um And and then Atuesta holding it down, playing a little bit more um advanced in the first half. Not as advanced, I think, when with Janela coming in in the second half, he was playing a little bit farther up. But um yeah, a different look from LA. FC than we've typically seen from them. But for, for them right now, they just have to find what works and find what isn't allowing them to concede goals because they're, they're getting in good opportunities. They're getting good in good places because of Arango and Rodriguez, but but not putting a lot of those away. So those two up front and with Sweet Fuentes, it adds a nice little triangular movement and fluidity between those three.
0: Cia Fuentes' role is complicated. I think, Jordan, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into that, right? Because at times the shape is a 3-5-2 and Sifuentes drops a little bit deeper. It doesn't look like that very much, mm-hmm. but but it's looked like that at times this season and happened in this game as well based off of his movement defensively. And then at times it is that three-four-one-two where he's playing as a 10, kind of the the linchpin between central midfield and the attacking front two. There's even other times, Jordan, where it's a 3-4-3 I think, where you've got Sifuentes just straight up joining the front line, either in between Arango and Rodriguez, that front two, or outside of them, shifting one of those players central. It, it has so many different looks
1: yeah and I think that 3-4-3 is a lot of the time in defensive shape
0: yes yeah where
1: he steps forward and they try to go and engage especially against a two-man back line if the holding midfielder drops in between the back line they're going three for three and saying all right let's go press and try to win the ball back higher
0: yeah it's a lot of responsibility on Sifuentes and I'm I'm sure he has cues and knows to an extent where to go and when to Uh go I don't know if if it was his fault necessarily in this game that the Galaxy had so many line-breaking passes and so many sequences between the lines. But I thought mm-hmm. Cifuentes and the front two, generally speaking, didn't do a great job of pressuring the Galaxy's center backs, right? And pressuring yeah. even their central midfielders. Because if you think about it on paper, right? If you're LAFC, you have the front two to go against the Galaxy's two center backs. You can press up against them and try to make their lives difficult. And then you have Cifuentes who can operate underneath those two attacking players, Take away a central midfielder. Most most often on paper, that would be Revelson, right? The number six, you're going to step forward. He was typically the deepest. Revelson was typically the deepest Galaxy central midfielder. It it works on paper. Then you can have Atuesta or Crisostomo or in the second half, Janela. You can have those players step forward onto Jonah Dos Santos or onto Ephra, whatever the situation is. You can cope with the Galaxy's possession movements. I just didn't feel like LAFC did a very good job of that. The the pressure, if they weren't straight up high pressing and trying to engage deep in the galaxy's own half, when they dropped into a mid block or even in kind of a passive high block where they're just stepped high up the field, there there just wasn't enough pressure on the ball to make the galaxy's lives difficult. I thought I thought LAC were were weirdly really too aggressive in this game with the ball and not aggressive enough in this game defensively, and it made for this kind of disorganized, disjointed shape.
1: I, I think for LAFC too. And you're playing in this system where it's supposed to be really hard to defend and break down. And it was at times, right? With that five back and then the three sitting in front, um, you know, at times it looked like a 5-3-2. Or a five four one. If one of those players drops back a little bit more than one of the two front runners, but what I was noticing, Joe, at, in long stretches of the game, is there the game was so wide open and there was so much space in, uh, tra- not not even in transition in build up for LA Galaxy that the space in between the lines for LAFC instead of playing super compact and saying, all right, break us down, we've got a lot of numbers here that are shadowing those passing lanes. There was too much space. It was like the back line was too nervous to allow Chicharito or Grancier to get in behind. And they they dropped a little too much. And then Atuesta and uh Christo... How do you say it? Christos-
0: I think it's Cristostomo. stomo I don't know. We're going to go with it.
1: Yeah. Atuesta and Cristostomo pressing a little bit too much and getting sucked in, especially um when it broke down on the channel and uh, if that's the case you're going to get broken down easily especially when you have the passing of dos santos who can thread a ball through the line and take out five six players
0: yeah i mean lafc i think made the galaxy's life too easy right they they opened up too many gaps in in turn the galaxy to give them credit did an excellent job of exploiting those gaps and i think they are one of the teams in major league soccer best suited to play those little bits of combination and to break lines and to have quality passers in a lot of spots. Uh, We haven't mentioned his name yet, but Julian Araujo, I thought, provided some really nice service from that right side. And and we see that in the build-up to the first goal that that Grencier does score. He has some nice service. Victor Vasquez is obviously brilliant on the ball. Same with Efra Alvarez in moments. You have a lot of really quality ball movers in the Galaxy consistently exploited the space that LAFC left them. Jordan, let's, I mean, we kind of alluded to the Galaxy's goal a couple of times. Before we get there, let's talk about LAFC's goal, if that works for you. Mm -hmm. It comes early on in this game. It comes in the 11th minute from Mamadou Fall. It's an Atuesta corner kick, and the Galaxy are man-marking at least outside of the six-yard box. They've got some zonal defenders back in that space, and they're man-marking in in most of the rest of this area, inside their own box. And Mamadou Fall starts outside the 18, and Koulibaly, I think, is wiping sweat off of his forehead. He's just not ready at all, right? He's got his shirt up around his eyes. I don't think he's paying attention to what's happening. And Fall just steps in right behind him, gets into the box, and heads it home. Jordan, all this made me wonder, and I wanted to ask you this as soon as I saw this moment. It's a pretty big whiff from from Koulibaly here defensively. Have you ever been in a situation like this before where you have just absolutely whiffed the crap out of a moment like this and you've just made total mincemeat out of this play and gotten dunked on? Or I I assume you're too cerebral for that. I assume you're too aware and too aggressive on those moments. (laughs) has that happened to you? Is there a moment that that sticks out to you like Uh... that?
1: You know that that's funny that you asked that. I was never a man marker. I was always okay. that one zone player because okay. I was overly aggressive and just <laughs> won every head ball and probably um should I I didn't love that that was my skill, but I was really good at winning head balls. So, I was the one player that could go and hunt the ball on set pieces, on corner kicks. So, no, I haven't okay. been dunked on that That's I can good. remember. I dunked on some people. <laughs> Dang right. For sure. <laughs> um, but but I, I I like you went to the opposite side. I went to fall. There were three defenders still there and he just out-jumped all three yeah, of them yeah. and figured out a way to to win the ball, which was a beautifully placed ball by Atuesta. And I went back because I was like, how did this all happen? What led to it? And it was that beautiful Brian Rodriguez mm-hmm. behind-the-back transition moment where he traps the ball with such ease to offset the LA um, LA Galaxy defenders, and then he gets pulled down. And it, from there, it's a set piece that goes out for a corner. And a cor- so you could kind of feel like LAFC in that moment was gaining a little bit of ground. And I just think it was, to, to my point of, I think I talked to you about this off camera, I think that playing in in this type of shape in a three five two or a 3-4-3, whatever it, it looks like, I think it's sometimes, it leads to teams that are successful are better at counters. And that all starts with a counterattack that Brian Rodriguez makes LA Galaxy uncomfortable and then set pieces are gigantic with teams like that. So I don't know. I just think about this formation and maybe I just don't understand it as much yet as I'm still learning so much about it as we're seeing it implemented in MLS more. But I think that those transition moments for LAFC were the, the most key and that eventually leads to this goal.
0: They really were key early on. I have in my notes that Brian Rodriguez, mm-hmm. I have him, I, this is exactly what I wrote. Brian Rodriguez causing some problems early on on both sides, right? He started more yeah. on the left and then would drift over to the right in that front, who had a lot of. Ability to roam and he's dangerous on the break, right? And didn't finish off the chances that I'm sure he would have liked to in this game, but he was causing problems early on. LaFC also causing problems on set pieces early on. There's another moment in the 31st minute where Julian Araujo gives Arango way too much space on a free kick, and and Arango's header wasn't on frame, but that could have been 2-1 for LaFC after they they allow the Galaxy to equalize. So that is an area of concern for the Galaxy and how they address their set piece defending going forward. Jordan, let's flip it over and talk about the Galaxy's goal because as nice as that set piece was for LAFC, this goal is the best goal in the game without a, a doubt here. Jordan, do you want to walk us through Grand Sears' goal in the 19th minute?
1: Yeah, I will. And I, I know that the replay on TV didn't start until much later, but Joe, I want to go back to Please. to where it started. Please. Because it started with Bond with the ball in his hands and it was off of a set, a set piece from LAFC and they played it long. They didn't connect. And so Bond grabs the ball and he watches as his team tries to, um, get, get their shape. And what happens is he rolls it out to Koulibaly and, What I like about this, and I think that this is so key, and you see certain players like Darlington Nagby does this really well. But sometimes when teams high press you, the best thing to do is just let them use their momentum and fly by. And he just chops the player, and then there's a ton of space. And because of that, now everybody for LAFC has to shift. And so Koulibaly dribbles a little bit, finds Araujo on the right side, who's just bombing up the side. What happens there is the. Midfielders for LAFC both shift to their left to defend Araujo in the channel, and it leaves this giant gap where we talked about it earlier. It's Chicharito and Vasquez just living in so much space, and they're playing off each other brilliantly. It was a really nice, deceptive combination between them. And what I like about it, the next play too is it's that internal run from Grand Seer. So Vasquez gets the ball centrally, takes a couple of dribbles, and then he just finds the seam between the two, um, the right side center backs for LAFC. And Grand Sire just takes it to the house. It's just the buildup and the way that they recognized where the space was gonna be and exploited it was beautiful. And I think that last pass was in the right seam between the center backs and it allowed the pace on it, allowed Grand Seer to to continue running at full pace without slowing him down. It was it was wonderful.
0: On our last show, we talked about DC United and Atlanta United, right? And we talked about mm-hmm. the work that Hernan Losada has done with DC and making them into something. Entertaining, right? And something fun and and actually something good. I think a lot of those same bits of credit should go to Greg Vanney here because the Galaxy are struggling and they started the season really well and they haven't been as good recently. That is just the fact here. But the way that Greg Vanney has turned this team into something fun and something entertaining and something that that can pull off moments like this relative to where this Galaxy group was. Well, I mean, it's a it's a much different group, to be fair. But the way that this Galaxy team played under Guillermo Barros Galoto compared to now, it's night and day, Jordan. And it makes so our different. jobs so much more fun, right? And I just, I don't know. It hasn't necessarily made the Galaxy world beaters this season, right? And it's going to take time for them to gel. And the, and the dip in form is disappointing for them, certainly. But the way that this team plays now is just it's just so nice to watch. And this goal is maybe the best example that I can think of for this entire season. There were some early goals with Chicharito doing his thing and that's those are very emblematic of, wow, Chicharito is this nine that can dominate in MLS. And that hasn't happened as much as the season's gone on. But this team wide goal, I love how you bring up the Koulibaly using his opponent's momentum against him thing that starts the sequence after Bond rolls on the ball. I took note of the exact same thing. I love that from him. And then the ball from Araujo I kind of alluded to earlier. Great bending between the lines. He's played that ball a lot this season, finding those either the 10 or the 9 dropping in. I, I'd be shocked if that wasn't something that Greg Vanny wants from him on a regular basis. I'm sure they've talked about that. Then you've got Victor Vasquez as this ball playing 10. He doesn't have the legs to do a lot of running. He can move and rotate in possession, but he's not going to do a ton of defending. He'll block off some angles and be savvy that way, but he gets on the ball and does his thing after Chicharito and he combine a little bit. Then he plays Grand Sierra behind behind. All the pieces line up absolutely perfectly on this play, and it wasn't the only yeah. time that, that happened, right? Everything but the finish was there in a couple other sequences. They broke out of pressure really well in the 13th minute after LAFC pressed them a bit on LAFC's right, the Galaxy's left. Efra and Arajo had a beautiful combination moment in the 23rd minute. Revelson had this beautiful line-breaking ball to Victor Vasquez who then played it into the box for Chicharito in the 28th minute. And there's others in this game. Those are just the ones I took note of. This Galaxy team is something now Jordan. They're not just cross-reliant. They're not a 1,000% cross-heavy. We're praying that Zlatan's going to do something incredible. They actually have
1: Mm -hmm.
0: a consistent way of playing and breaking teams down. And that doesn't happen as much as it should in terms of breaking teams down. But the pieces are there and the building blocks are there and the Galaxy are actually fun to watch again.
1: One of the reasons why they are, too, is Vasquez and his... I I was noting, just watching him off the ball and how is he picking up balls in, in space all the time? And if you watch... Timing of runs is so important, and with the seams in the defense for LAFC, they, they were through the those three central midfielders, and he never was standing in those seams. He was standing on the edge of them and running into them at the correct time so Dos Santos could play it in, and he's receiving the ball on the run. Those little things you mentioned, yeah, maybe his legs aren't where he, they used to be, but his brain is... It works at a level where he knows, like, that's the space I want to get into, but I'm not going in there too soon. I'm waiting so I can exploit this at the right time so they don't even see me coming. And I feel like when, LAf- when LA Galaxy had a- some good attacks, it was that timing from Vasquez getting into the space at the right time.
0: Yeah. I, I love watching this Galaxy team, and I hope that's clear by now. Um, they're not They're not all <laughs> the way there yet, but the pieces are starting to come together and they're starting to look real good out on the field. So there's a lot to like for the Galaxy in this game outside of the fact that they didn't collect those three points. Some some unfortunate defensive moments that we've already talked about, some unfortunate defensive moments in open play as well, giving up some counterattacking chances to LAFC. Jordan, I did want to flip us back to the LAFC side of this rivalry quickly. Um, I mentioned it before that I thought they were playing a bit too direct in possession, right? And and they were sometimes not aggressive enough defensively and sometimes too aggressive with the ball. Apparently, Bob Bradley thought the same thing at halftime. I took note of, of what he said to the ESPN broadcast crew. And almost the first thing he mentioned to them, maybe the first thing, was, I think we played too many long balls talking about that first half. And I completely agree. I think this team was rushed with the ball and they have the quality to not have to worry about the, that so much. Yeah, the quality is not what it was in 2019 in terms of the starting 11 that was on the field. But yeah. I mean, when you have the smoothest number six in Major League Soccer and Eduardo Atuesta, at least in my view, and you're not really using him and not not really using him as a pivot to play through and, and facilitate in all of those things. I think in large part, you're making a mistake because, again, it's not like the, the, the time and space wasn't there for LAFC. It was. They just were really rushed with the ball, I thought. And I went back to look at some stats from year to year. And and I'm going to talk about possession percentage here and take this with a grain of salt because it's yes. not the best indicator of this. But I found it quickly before we started recording. LAFC averaged 56.9% possession in 2019. That was their record-setting Supporters' Shield 72-point year. So they averaged a lot of the ball that year. They averaged 58.6% last year. They weren't as good last year. Um, so, again, possession, possession isn't everything. This year, they're down to 50.8% possession. Mm. So they went from 56-ish to 58-ish to 50-ish, right? I rounded the wrong way, but you get the idea. It's dipped a lot. This team is leaning really far into the aggressive vertical possession play, and In some cases, it worked for them in this game and for this season. But in a lot of cases, it's resulted in sloppy play that doesn't really allow them to build or or allow them even to gather themselves and counterpress after. Because that was such a good part of the 2019 team was they would go and counterpress all the time and they win it back and then they play again and they were ruthless. And this year, they've been like that at times, but I can't help but get the feeling watching this game and watching this team this season that they've lost some of what makes them so special, what made them so special with their intricate bits of possession and with that aggressive counter-pressing. I just, I just didn't see it as much here, Jordan. And that kind of bums yeah. me out.
1: Yeah. How much, like what percentage of the season do you feel like they've played in this three-back? Oh, don't know. shoot.
0: Uh, a lot. A lot of it. Um, a lot. Probably more than half. Yeah.
1: I think that that has something to do with it too. I don't know. And that might be a, something else to look at is just teams that are playing in this type of system are they do they have that over 55 plus possession yeah. or are they are they lingering more around the 50 mark or a little bit less because I think it is just the way it can set up defensively as you're sitting a little bit lower in this block and then trying to exploit space and behind in quick transition moments. So it might lead to just not having the ball as much, which um, I don't know, maybe speaks to why that possession number is less and speaks to why they're playing so many more long balls. But I do think that this LAFC team is best when they keep the ball. You're right. They have really good ball possessing players, but are they set up to possess the ball?
0: Yeah, and, and you make a good point there, Jordan, about the shape because it is fluid and I'm a firm believer in the fact that you can play however you want in any shape, right? I mean, within reason. Mm-hmm. Um, stacking just yeah. 11 players in a straight line on the field is probably not going to get you great results. But mm-hmm. it, Which way? It, vertical
1: <laughs> or horizontal? I was thinking
0: vertical, but it really could go either way. Um, <laughs> it, it's you're playing a mean offside line with 10 outfield players in a yeah. horizontal line. Uh, it's, yeah. it, within reason, you can do whatever you want because soccer is so fluid and at times I think we we don't, get to that idea enough right we we make it a little bit simpler than it is but with lafc the way that they've played in this three at the back shape at times this year and certainly in this game they're playing it with really two central midfielders and they're playing it without that third that that second eight i guess because before it would have been a six and two eights without to as the six stepping forward and mark anthony Kane and latif blessing as the two eights right i think that was the midfield for a lot of their their best games in 2019 and even parts of 2020 now it's changed a bit, and they have a different midfield structure, and it and, and it builds differently, and maybe they're not as comfortable in that shape. Yeah. I don't know. It it's is right. also the case that there's a lot of players along the back line. Marco Farfan was playing as a center back in this game. There are some weird players in weird spots, right. and that can't be helping them either. I will just say, Jordan, it, it, it's not like it's impossible, though. To build, right? I mean we think about think about Greg Berhalter's right, Columbus yeah. crew teams. They played a 4-2-3-1 and they, they were not all about possession all the time, but they had a lot of possession. They had a lot of beautiful build-up sequences. And we still see that now with teams in a 4-2-3-1. The Galaxy even played that shape at times in this game, and they dominated the game. So it, it's it's hard to make that exact correlation. But I do think that you're on to something with the change in shape and the the change in personnel and players being in different spots. All of those things surely have had an effect on how LAFC try to use the ball when they have it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. I think you said that well.
0: It's weird. And I, I, you know, I I think, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going here, Jordan. We've talked about the goals. We talked about how these two teams approach the game. We talked even up front a little bit about the playoff field and how wild that could end up being. Jordan, do you have anything else to add on this game as we head into the home stretch of this regular season?
1: Oh, gosh. No, I think I was the only thing that I was shocked about is Bob Bradley's results in the El Trafico. Yeah. In El Trafico. Yeah. Three, five, and five now, which is, I know that's eight results out of 13, but still. Only three wins. I, I found that surprising.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's eight results out of 13 for LAFC, but 10 results out of 13 for the Galaxy. So he has yeah. not had the better of this rivalry. It's always, it's always been such a fun game. And I think this, this is a really good game for Major League Soccer. Yeah, um, it fun. it's fun. It's fun when they're wild. It's fun when even, even when they're a little bit more low-key like they were in this game. Still tons to dig into, tons of space, which makes it fun to watch. Jordan, yeah. thank yeah. you so much for joining me to talk soccer, to talk El Trafico. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, that was fun. Thanks, Joe.
0: Listeners, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll be back again soon.